Exit interview day four, JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in and thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've got a couple of exit interviews for you today on the show. And it's the rookies, J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn to get to on today's show. Expectations ahead, recapping their rookie seasons. And I've got player comparables for both that remind me of guys from the 0506 team uh, for the Sabres. So I got that coming your way in just a little bit. We've got some world championship stuff to talk about and the, the draft lottery, the playoffs, a little bit of that going on in the first segment of today's show. But if you're looking to reach out to us uh, via Twitter or on uh, social, any social media, uh, at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter, YouTube channel, search Lockdown Sabres, the best way to get a hold of us there. You can check out the, uh, the comment section underneath. Keep it clean. And we'll read some comments that we like and also some questions that we like as well. And on our last show, for instance, we talked about Casey Middlestat and Alex Tuck. And one of our comments of today's show to get to in response to last show, uh, Neil uh, tweeted out, very impressed with Middlestat this season, and I was one of his biggest critics. Last season, I agree, a possible third line next year of Kulik, Middlestat, and Savoy, promising line with a lot of speed. It kind of reminds me of a line we're going to talk a lot about today with Dylan Cousins, a young but ex- more experienced centerman playing between two rookies. Middlestat, a young but experienced centerman, uh, also winger, but centerman in this case playing between two rookies uh, was the idea for next year. Uh, Middlestat played great. Today, we're going to get to a couple of other guys. Um, but if you missed our last show talking about Middlestat and Alex Tuck, uh, feel free to check it out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, before we get to any around the NHL stuff, and then our exit interviews. Speaking of Alex Tuck, so the World Championships begin on Friday, and we have pre-tournament games going on, like warm-up games uh, in Hungary, I think, in uh, Budapest, at least from Peyton Krebs' Instagram. I know that they're, he's in uh, Budapest, at least. I'm not sure about Team USA. But there was a clip circulating Twitter on Tuesday afternoon of Alex Tuck getting into a fight with a player on the German team, and what compelled Tuck to start fighting? I actually saw this clip like a minute before I started recording. I don't know the backstory as to why he was fighting. His brother's on the team, Luke Tuck, Luke Tuck so maybe someone went after him or anything. But Tuck is wearing an A. So he's part of that leadership group there, and maybe there was a bad hit. Uh, but, man, he got he got riled up. And he was it was a great fight, spirited back and forth. Now, the other thing I took away from this clip, you could, I retweeted it at Sneaky Joe Sports. You could, you could see it there. The Team USA uniforms are the worst Team USA uniforms that have had to have ever existed. They are so bad. It is a white uniform with a blue stripe that goes all the way around, red numbers on the back with white outline, blue numbers on the shoulder 
with white outline. And then, of course, you have the green sponsor patches on the arms. The sponsor patches aren't even my problem. The red numbers on the back, you got to get a, a, a look at these uniforms. Um, and in fact, if you are watching along on our YouTube channel, I will, uh, I'll share it for you now. Uh, Alex Tuck, I mean, I'm just going to give you a freeze frame of this of this this jersey what is happening what is happening why the red outline here the red number here you can't see it in this freeze frame but there's blue numbers on the shoulder this green pad oh just so 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 bad i can't believe that they whoever approved these approved these it's like they threw it together last second said ah that's fine we'll just go with it but anyways talk fighting in the world championships. We'll have a lot of world championship uh, talk. I'm sure as uh, Krebs is there and Jack Quinn is there. We'll talk about in a moment. JJ Paterka is there. Who we'll talk about in a moment. Devin Levi backing up in the first pre-tournament game for Canada. Maybe that means he'll be the backup for Canada, but I'm hoping he gets, uh, gets that starters gig uh, in there. Um, so world championships getting fired up this week. I'm really just seeing it now. Look how sunburned my geez. I'm watching a YouTube channel. Uh, and man, I knew I was sunburned from uh, the other day. Sun's been out in Buffalo. It's a great, it's a great, uh, great weather week. Uh, it's do some golf or some lawn work as well. Um, get some hockey in at night and that'll be the playoffs of course and the stanley cup playoffs are rocking and rolling toronto is down three to nothing in their series and it is it's funny i tweeted someone dug up an old tweet of mine from like seven years ago and it was when the leafs lost to the bruins in the first round when they blew that that two goal three goal lead in the third period and i tweeted this is exactly how i pictured the leafs in the playoffs and someone retweeted that, and my thought was, this is exactly how I'd picture the Leafs in the second round, just getting their doors blown off by the Florida Panthers. The Panthers, man, they look like a team that's going to go all the way to the Cup. They look like a complete team. Bobrovsky's giving them really good goaltending. They would be my current pick to go all the way to the finals. Um Florida. And then otherwise, also Sam Reinhardt with the game-winning goal the other night for Florida. A great individual effort by him. Uh, great delay in the neutral zone to create space. Zone entry by Reinhardt. The puck works back to him behind the net, and he goes for the wraparound on the goal. Reinhardt's been really solid in these playoffs. A lot of former Sabres have been really solid in their playoffs, including Jack Eichel on the other side of the, conf- uh, the, other side of the league. One goal, two assists for Eichel. There's no Eichel hating report here or anything like that. He's playing too well. And honestly, I don't have that same vigor for the Golden Knights that I had last year when they were missing the playoffs. Maybe that's just because they're playing better and I know they're good. Um, They did lose their goaltender, Larry Brossois, in game three. Eichel, the game's number one star, goal and two assists. Uh, I'm imagining, though, because of where the Sabres are at and we're all feeling good about them, no fan's going to be that upset if Vegas continues to go on a, a deep playoff run. I'm sure some will, though. And then one other around the NHL thing, and this actually pertains to the Sabres. The Sabres will pick 13th in the NHL draft officially. We knew that that was almost certainly going to happen. It was a 98 point. It was a 98% chance to pick 13th. It was a 2% chance to pick third. And the Sabres, of course, will pick 13th. You know, depending on mock drafts that you look at, we talked to Hadi Kalakash a couple weeks ago. Um, there's going to be some right shot defensive prospects there. Um, Axel Sandin Palika is one that I saw mocked to the Sabres. So we'll get into some of those names as we get closer to the draft. But all you need to know is at the moment, if the Sabres want to replenish their defense 
prospect pool, which it's pretty barren right now on the blue line, they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. The middle of that first round, there's a bunch of defensemen, and they should be able to get their hands on one of them. Um, Chicago wins the draft lottery. It is one of it, – it's as, it's makes me feel almost as bad as McDavid going to Edmonton from a league standpoint. Not even – a Sabre standpoint, of course, was different for McDavid. A league standpoint. Chicago had no business, to, in my opinion, even owning their own first-round pick. That team got caught in a cover-up of a sexual assault investigation. And it was proven that an assistant coach was at was the culprit, at fault, worked for the team, and was never made public. And in turn, people got fired, right? Even in Florida, Joel Quenville wasn't even on Chicago anymore, and he got fired. Um, the GM, Stan Bowman, exits, just cleaning house. Not entirely, but I'll get to that in a second. Chicago is fined $2 million by the National Hockey League. For context, since last night, when Chicago won the lottery, they've made $5 million in ticket sales in one night. They were fined two measly million dollars. A money-making entity like the Chicago Blackhawks, $2 million was it. No loss of draft pick, no nothing. And a lot of good tweets on this from last night. One pointing out that the Arizona Coyotes held pre-draft workouts with prospects and they got they got they lost a first round pick. There have been plenty of other situations where teams have lost first round picks for a lot less, way less, things that are not criminal in nature. Chicago got nothing. Nothing. Not one first round pick taken, not two first round picks taken, nothing. And to me, that was the biggest disgrace of the night, was that they they had their pick in the first place to be able to win that lottery. And yeah, like no one was taught, to be fair, nobody was talking about it going in. I wasn't talking about it. Um, maybe some were pointing it out that I didn't see. And to, to me, that's a bad job on me. Like I should have been pointing that out all the way through the season and into this lottery, that they should not have the right to win that lottery. They should not have their first round pick. What they did was heinous. It was disgusting. And the, one of the men that was in charge of the organization that has held a pretty sour attitude about the whole situation is Rocky Wirtz, the president and chairman for Chicago. He was employed then he is employed now. And he's the guy remember at a, at a luncheon uh, a couple of years ago, right after this happened, who got asked about a pretty fair question about, hey, what are you guys doing behind the scenes to make sure that this will never happen again? It's a softball. It's a layup. Hey, we're going to – but I'll give you this question on a platter, and you can talk all about all the, all the changes you've made and all how the, you'll make sure this never happens again. And Rocky Wirtz went off about it's none of your business, we're moving on, like just wanted nothing to do with it whatsoever. And that proved right there that that man does not care about what happened. And that man that oversaw Kyle Beach in Chicago is still in charge. And he gets to celebrate last night. That was the gross feeling I had. That guy, that individual got to celebrate last night. And they're going to get Connor Bedard. And on a less serious level, now we got to watch Chicago for another decade. They, they just exited Taze and Kane. They just got out of this. 
They've went on this 15-year run of excellence. You know, the last couple of years have been great, but three Stanley Cups and your two guys leave and you just get the next one. So it's it's rem- reminiscent of when Peyton Manning left the Colts and Andrew Luck came in. It's like you were bad for one year after this historically good quarterback and you get the next, you get the best prospect in 10 years like right after that. Gross. I hated that they won the lottery so bad. But Connor Bedard's going to Chicago, and we're going to watch Chicago on uh, national TV probably a lot more coming up. But the Sabres pick 13th. Uh, and again, we'll talk some uh, defensive prospects and whatnot a little bit closer to the draft. Time out here when we come back, our exit interviews, Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka on today's show. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. And we are presented by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills. Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all with streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates with instant match. Over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data in the U.S. Indeed does the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. And even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So start now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Locked on offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash locked on indeed.com slash locked on terms, conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the locked on savers podcast time for our exit interviews of the day. We go through the savers lineup Two rookies on today's show. Jack Quinn, and J.J. Paterka. And we will kick things off with Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn's first season, the first-round pick of the Sabres in 2020. Uh, A controversial pick at the time. Marco Rossi was the guy a lot of people wanted. Um, And Rossi, it's hard to judge. It's hard to compare. Rossi had health problems that really prevented him from playing. Um, I'm not sure the pandemic helped him with that either, uh, having to be away from the team. So he's been stalled a little bit. But Quinn has developed really nicely. Quinn this year. And by the way, remember, I have I have, a, I have good 0506 comparables for both Quinn and Paterka. I think you'll like Quinn's. 14 goals, 23 assists, 37 points for Jack Quinn. Not the craziest stats you've ever seen. Pretty good, though. And if you look a little bit deeper, you'll see his numbers were actually really solid. He was second on the team in expected goals for percentage at 52.3% at five on five, only behind Rasmus Dahlin. That's it. In terms of goals scored per 60 minutes of ice time. So this is because remember Quinn, he's not playing as much as Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. Those guys are playing 20 minutes a night. Quinn averaged 13 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time a night. Really by ice time. It was the he and Paterka were basically the Saber fourth line. Cousins would play so much more on other lines too that he would never be down there. But Quinn and Paterka were kind of like fourth liners, very protected uh, situations, which does affect these advanced numbers. But on the whole team, Quinn was sixth in goals per 60 minutes at five on five. 
you know, Cousins and Olafson and uh, Tuck and Thompson, a lot of veterans ahead of him. But Quinn played really solid. I think he is more primed and ready for a jump next season than anybody on the team. More than J.J. Paterka, more than... I mean, a lot of guys have already made their jump, right? Thompson's already made his jump, we think, right? Is there another one? Uh, Skinner is a veteran. Tuck has made his jump already. Middlestad has made his jump already. Um, Cousins kind of did too. So who's ready to take that big next step? To me, it is undoubtedly Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn, his rookie numbers actually look a lot like Dylan Cousins' second year. And, you know, actually, as I think, that might actually be the same age though so cousins cousins it was in his age yeah it was his age 20 season no uh quinn was actually one year further along uh but anyways in cousins second pro year he had 13 goals 25 assists and 38 points compared to quinn's 14 goals 23 point assists and 37 points almost identical offensive numbers in quinn's first year as Cousins' second year. Cousins went from 38 points to 68 points. Went from 13 goals to 31 goals. And I think Quinn is primed and ready to make that same level of jump. A guy that could go from 37 points to 65 points. A guy that can go from 14 goals to 30-plus goals. I would project that Quinn is going to be around that 30-goal mark next season. He is all the makings of a guy who is going to be a great top six winger and someone that is very close already to taking that, that big jump. So I think it's going to happen with Jack Quinn. Like I feel very confident about it. And the 0506 comparable that I want to make to Jack Quinn, especially given now that he is playing on the penalty kill, like Granado had him on the penalty kill. He was better defensively than I would have expected. Um, Granada was trusting him in certain situations. I think Quinn's best comparable is Jason Pominville. Now, maybe Quinn's a little bit more of a puck carrier than Pominville was, but you, bo- you look at them both and you both think, okay, speed, straight ahead speed especially, but the shot, the finish. He's got a well-rounded offensive game and some good defensive uh, ability, but the shot is the number one thing you look at. And that was Pominville, his finishing ability. And that, I think, is Quinn. So I like that as a comparable. Quinn being the Sabres' new Pominville. Um, Pominville, by the way, is a guy, like I just mentioned, Cousins. His rookie year to his second year, he made that giant jump. Pominville in year one in 5 6 18 goals, but only 30 points. He went from 30 points to to 68 points the following year. He went from 14 minutes a night to 17 minutes a night. And that, I think, is what Quinn is in line for. Going from 14 minutes a night to 17, 18 minutes a night, his points about doubling. Uh, and I think he is he's the Pominville of this team. So, really impressed by Jack Quinn. Uh, I thought he did tremendously well throughout the season. I thought he was more consistent than Paterka throughout the year. I'll talk about Paterka coming up in a matter of moments. But... Um, a minus for Jack Quinn uh, on his season as a whole. I was very impressed. His development is right on track, and I think he's a key member, a core member of this team uh, for the future. Time out here. When we come back, J.J. Paterka, uh, his season recap, a look ahead on him as well. So I've got more of a polarizing, not a polarizing, but a more criticism of Paterka than Quinn, but I still like the player. Uh, so that's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by 
Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you gotta try it. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing, you will not even think they are good for you. And what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are 100% covered in real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. These bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. For years, I've been telling you, go to built.com, order your built bars there, but now you can pick them up in your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can still get your specialty flavors at built.com. So head to your nearest Walmart, grab a four bar box in the pharmacy section, or if you're close to a Sam's club, run in, grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puff. You can thank me later with built bar. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. The draft getting a little bit closer. Uh, Every dayers tomorrow on the show or next time on the show, um, we are going to talk Dylan Cousins, Dylan Cousins exit interview, um, and we'll we'll go through his game, the big jump that he took. Uh, so we'll talk Cousins, and um, we'll also uh, we'll go through we'll go through. Um, why don't I don't have the forward written down? We had one other forward that I'm getting to. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now. Bad job by me. Who are we looking at? Uh, Peyton Krebs. Thank you. There we go. Peyton Krebs, who's at the the uh, World Championships right now. But anyways, let's get to J.J. Paterka. J.J. Paterka, who, by the way, I should have mentioned, Quinn will be at the Worlds for Team Canada. Paterka will be at the Worlds for Team Germany. Now, Paterka, a little bit more of an inconsistent rookie season than Jack Quinn did. J.J. Paterka's season as a whole. 12 goals, 20 assists, 32 points. Pretty good expected goals for number 48.9%, middle of the road on the team. To me, the story of Paterka's season, he he flashed, right? He showed highlights. Um, In fact, I'll even kick things off with my 0506 comparison for Paterka. It's one of my favorites. He reminds me of Max Finneganoff a little bit. Very one-dimensional at the moment. The speed is the thing that is on display with this guy. He will skate through the neutral zone with so much speed, you think he's going to go all the way coast to coast every time he's got the puck because the guy is moving when he's got it. He's got super quick hands. He's a very good playmaker. He's a good finisher. There's a lot of offensive skill here from Paterka, but consistency is certainly what is lacking at the moment. And to me, he'll never be the two-way player that Jack Quinn is. He'll never be the play driver that Jack Quinn is. And he probably will never be the finisher that Jack Quinn is. But I think he could be a very productive, offensive-oriented player on this team. Playing, by the way, power play, that right wall, ripping one-timers. I mean, actually, surprisingly, I thought he was better as a finisher on the power play than Quinn was. Um, I still would expect Quinn to have more goals throughout his career. But I thought Paterka was very impressive on the power play. 12 goals, 20 assists, 32 points. Not that far off what Jack Quinn had. My thing with Paterka is, and this is an easy, this is easy. Like everyone will say this about his season. He needs to not disappear. He needs to not disappear. It was really three different seasons for J.J. Paterka. His first 25 games, J.J. Paterka's first 25 games of the season. Six goals, eight assists, 14 points. All right, not bad. 
more than a point every other game, six goals. All right, we're talking like a 20-goal pace. Pretty productive. J.J. Paterka's last 21 games, pretty good. Five goals, eight assists for 13 points. Again, more than a point every other game. Throws a goal in every other game. Uh, Pretty productive. The middle. The middle. In between those, the beginning stretch and the end, 29 games, the meat of his season, to the 29 games in the middle, one goal, three assists. He didn't just disappear. J.J. Paterka disappeared for two months. In fact, almost three months. Because that 29-game stretch goes from early December to the last week of February. That's almost three months where he had one goal and three assists. That cannot happen. And I, you know what? Like, had he been consistent throughout the year and he had not had that stretch, then, you know, he probably would have been in rookie of the year conversations. So it was just a hot and cold type of season for Paterka. But man, for how little the Sabres missed the playoffs by, maybe if Paterka hadn't disappeared like that, it's one of those things you could throw and say, hey, well, they wouldn't have missed the playoffs if, you could say they wouldn't have missed the playoffs if Paterka hadn't disappeared for three months because they needed some offensive punch in the middle there, and he was not giving it to them. Found himself healthy, scratched a couple of games. Um, Paterka, man, like that's really the key. Consistency throughout the year. His problems will be, or his things he needs to improve on are, I think, what Quinn's are. Um, get a little bit more physical, build up the muscle a little bit, uh, get bigger, harder to take off the puck, because you've got the straight-ahead speed. You can make guys miss. You can beat them to pucks, but maintaining puck control might be the thing about Paterka. And can he become more well-rounded in his own end so he's less of a liability defensively? And then finally, can he really develop into that goal score? Because I think it's there. I don't I don't think the potential is as high as Quinn, but I think it's there for him to be a 25 uh, or so goal score um, in the NHL. Max Finneganoff is my comparable, though, right now for J.J. Paterka. But I do think he has the potential to be even better than Max. Max was... Remember, he was inconsistent, he would disappear, and he was bad defensively, and that never changed. He was all those things for his entire career. And the hope would be for Paterka that he starts to check check those things off. Like, all right, more consistent, check. Better defensively, check. Bigger and more physical, check. Fewer turnovers, check. Um, a lot of those things I think need to start to improve for Paterka. But he did well enough for me that he should still play with Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn at the beginning of next season. I think that whole line could explode. Quinn takes a step, Paterka takes a step, and Cousins continues to do what he does. And I think that line could explode and be one of the better second lines in the NHL. They have the potential to be that uh, at the very least. So J.J. Paterka, B, straight B. I would give J.J. Paterka a straight B. Um, you can't have four points in a 30-game stretch, three months, and, and get, get an A. Not, not for me. Paterka and Quinn. Next time, Cousins and Krebs. So come back for that. Next time on the Locked on Savers podcast, uh, everydayers come back for Krebs and Cousins. And we'll continue to talk playoffs. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports and on our YouTube channel. If you've got a question or a comment, we'll be glad to read it on the show. So talk to you next time. Talking Cousins and Krebs here on the Locked on Savers podcast.